Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A good Monday morning. Welcome back from the weekend, or congrats on continuing your long holiday weekend. It's bogus Shin for Bill Ryder on this Monday edition of Ryder Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. On the free Odyssey app on Sirius XM channel 158, phone lines are open at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I've gotten my first quizzical look from Manuel Babar. Did I give the wrong Sirius channel? That's definitely on the table. It's 156 or it's 158. You'll find us somewhere in that general vicinity. I thought I heard an eight. Yeah, I don't know. I got the number right, so that's the first check off the list. And the second check off the list is... As you'd expect by now, if you listen all the time, you know D-Cell's not here. He's just not here when Bill's not here. Bill wasn't here Friday. Carrington Harrison was here, and guess who was? D-Cell. Today, it's me. Guess who's not here? D-Cell. Tomorrow through Friday, guess who's in this seat? Not Bill. Bart Winkler. And guess who's working Tuesday through Friday? D-Cell. It's just too easy to connect the dots now. It is a direct personal attack on me that D-Cell refuses to be here when it's just the two of us. If there's a third person, great. And Chris Lepresti's got updates today. He's not good enough, I guess, to break the stalemate. So D-Cell's home. I'm here. Emmanuel's here. CeeLo's here. Uh, and you're with us for these next two hours again on some serious channel, the free Odyssey app and CBS Sports Radio. Get us on Twitter at Andrew Bogish and 855-212-4227. As always, on a Monday, there is a lot to get to. Eric Bieniemy's got a new job in the NFL. It is now put up or shut up time. I guess, depending on how you look at it, maybe incorrectly on him or probably more correctly on the NFL ownership and leadership and the overall NFL machine that now this is the end. We've reached the end game with Eric Bien. I mean, how you want to slice it now that he's running his own offense, calling his own plays in Washington. This is the end of this debate about a year from now. We're going to know something about this situation and the NFL may look really, really silly. It already does, but a year from now, it may be even worse. Uh, MLB owners continue to be upset by Steve Cohen being a better owner than them. We'll get to that this morning. Of course, there's always time for buy or sell at 1120 with the aforementioned Emmanuel Barbari. And post-Super Bowl, moving towards the NBA and the NHL postseasons, it's time to talk about college basketball. Maybe you haven't spent a second yet on the men's game so far this year, but that'll all change today. The one and only John Rothstein's on the show in hour number two. And I had to, to, to text John because John has more jobs than any of us on the show here combined. Bill's got the radio show. He's on TV. D-Cell does other things when he's not here. Emmanuel is all over the place when he's not here. And I just don't know anymore who and where John works. 
And in true John Rothstein fashion, I get the response. College basketball insider CBS Sports, content creator at FanDuel, host of the College Hoops Today podcast, in parentheses, the only college basketball podcast that runs 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Close parentheses. Uh, John is a favorite of mine personally. He's a favorite of the network, and it's now John Rothstein's season, and he's with us in our number two. But we begin with last night and over the weekend in Salt Lake City. The NBA All-Star Game is simultaneously amazing and infuriating. I always want to see the positive in this weekend. It reminds me so much of my childhood growing up, loving the NBA in the 90s. Jordan and Pippen and Ewing and Drexler and Barkley and Elijah and Robinson. Dunk contests, three-point shooting, the games itself. The NBA All-Star Weekend's got a special place in my heart. If you're my age or even older, I guess, I'm assuming it holds the same spot and the same importance to you. And they really do their best to ruin it every single weekend. But I still find myself for about eight minutes enjoying it because basketball is easily the most inclined sport for an All-Star game. You can't really mess around that much in baseball and football. I mean, we you know my thoughts on the Pro Bowl. It is one of the worst things ever created. Thank God it no longer exists as an actual football game. But in baseball, you know, you're not going to hit blindfolded. You're not going to pitch bizarrely. You're not going to make acrobatic plays in the field. You just got to play a baseball game. That's fine. Basketball and right behind it, hockey, they have the ability to be flashy, to be fun, to show off, to do things that you wouldn't normally do in an NBA regular season game. And that's what makes this game so much fun for me. Guys taking 35-foot threes, although those are becoming more common in real games. John Moran, 360 dunks, throwing it off the backboard to yourself. But then there is almost negative energy, which is physically impossible. You have to exert something, but these guys do their best. That game last night, and for the last, I don't know how many years now, it's on a one or a two when it comes to energy level. If I get it at a five, I think we could be happy here. But it's really difficult after the first, I don't know, five, six minutes of the game to really buy in. After the game last night, Michael Malone, is he Giannis or LeBron's coach? I don't. I lost track of all of this, and we'll get to the selection show in a second. Mike Malone coached one of these teams. He coached LeBron's team, and um, he definitely saw all the negative in this game last night. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. I mean, I give Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, those guys were like, competing. Jarrell was imploring some of the guys to play harder, to try to get some defense in, but um, no one got hurt. They put on a show for the fans, but that that is a tough game to sit through, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it's just really about what your patience level is at this point. I can get a little into the game before it's like, okay, I just need something. Some of you are already checked out from the beginning, don't even bother. And the problem for the NBA, and there's a couple of questions, and we'll get to those later in this hour with some comments over the weekend from Adam Silver. Also, next hour in Buy or Sell, Kyrie Irving talking about players demanding trades and requesting out and out of or off of bad situations. The NBA is facing a lot of serious questions, and I don't know what the answer to them is. And the NBA doesn't know what the answer to them is. It's not like they've got suggestions and we, are, we disagree on them. 
it's kind of a shoulder shrug. I don't know how you fix the NBA game, the All-Star game. The only thing I could think of was for the NBA to steal another NHL idea. Because don't forget, hockey was the first one to do this fantasy draft setup. Um, and the NHL All-Star game, if you haven't noticed, and you probably haven't, uh, is now division versus division. Then there's four divisions, and they play three-on-three hockey, and they have semifinals, and then a championship game, and the only that one winning team gets money. Now, there's also almost no defense played in that game, but there's a little defense played in that game, and it gives them, if you care about the Metro Division of the Pacific, there seems to be a tiny bit more of importance on not necessarily losing right away. I don't know if you if you lined up All-Stars by division and played three-on-three three and had some kind of tournament, if that would fix him. But a regular game, even with the Elam ending, which didn't necessarily add to the drama last night, but I do think is it's not as terrible as an idea as I thought it was when it was first introduced. I see the benefit of it. Even but that even that couldn't save or create any extra drama last night. Each quarter is its own game, and they are playing for a charity donation at the end of those twelve minutes. It's just it's a lot of basketball with guys who don't want to go all out, and I don't blame them. Like you know, you're we're begging for a better All Star game, right? I want defense. I want this. I woke up to a clip this morning. The first thing I saw on my Twitter timeline was a video of like the '93 NBA All Star game. I th- could have been '93 because that was the last time they were in Salt Lake City. It was when they played in the Alamo Dome somewhere in the 90s. And the game had some heat to it. Like, they were playing defense, and they were contesting at the rim. But, you know, LeBron last night almost wrecked his hand trying to block a shot. And you want a great all-star game, but what if the last 25 games of the regular season and the postseason lost LeBron because he dislocated two fingers trying to block a meaningless shot in a meaningless game on a Sunday night in Salt Lake City? I get why these players kind of want to protect themselves and want to be careful, and you still want to bring them together, and you still want to show off the best in the NBA, but then that game's a really hard watch, especially when you're on the East Coast like me, and you're sitting through an extra-long, played-out selection show, and then a concert because everybody's got to put their uniform on now and have a quick team meeting and introduce themselves to who they're going to be playing with, and then it's almost 9 o'clock by the time they start. So now you're pushing well past 11 o'clock, and some of us are not strong enough to be up that late. It's just a tough sell across the board. And the problem is going to be what's better than what they're doing right now. And I I don't know how you incentivize enough these guys to even get where I want. I, I just want like one or two upticks in energy and connectivity. I don't need it to be a bloodbath. I don't need this to feel like another regular season game. They can kind of mail it in, just mail it in a little less than they are right now, which is similar to the slam dunk contest, which is going to be the highlight of this NBA All-Star weekend. Mac McClung was, you pick your adjective. He was great. It was remarkable. And I still think the best part of the whole thing is that he did all of those dunks on his first attempt. I mean, how many dunk contests have we had recently where a guy can't get it. You're like, oh, that's going to look great. But by the time he finally connects on it, you're like, all right, I kind of saw three failed attempts now. It loses its luster. He did all of those ridiculous dunks on his first try. The last one was nuts. I mean, jumping over a guy, double clutching, typing back where I get that. But the dude did a 540. I mean, twisting, turning. And 
it only helps that he looks like a slightly more athletic version of me. Even last night when they brought him back out to introduce Post Malone and he's wearing a cardigan and jeans and he looks like my nine-year-old who can't be bothered to put any gel or water in his hair in the morning so it's just going straight down bangs to his eyebrows. He couldn't look less like any type of player, let alone a guy that could win a dunk contest. And then he goes out there and shames the rest of the field has the entire NBA All-Star community hugging him at the end. It was great. And the NBA was quick to tell us yesterday morning, in the last 12 hours, we had 520 million social media views. That's a record this quickly after set All-Star Saturday night. That's all well and good. But save me on the Mac McClung saved the dunk contest argument because the slam dunk contest is still floundering. And it is still paling in comparison to anything we saw in the 80s and 90s. Even if Mac McClung comes back next year with three or four even more ridiculous dunks, the slam dunk contest is not saved, it's not fixed, it's not resurrected until the best players in the game are dunking in the slam dunk contest. The ones in the 80s and the 90s mattered because it was Jordan and Dominique and even Spud Webb I mean, Spud Webb was somebody. It wasn't Mac McClung. Mac McClung didn't save the dunk contest because Mac McClung might not be seen again in the NBA. It's a great story. It was a great night. But he's going to go dunk now for the Delaware Bluecoats. And you're not watching those games. And ESPN, ABC, TNT, they're not going to put put a, a G League game on their air so you can watch Mac McClung do other things than dunk in a game. And great for Mac McClung, he just got... I mean, the guy hasn't played an NBA game yet this year. He he was He's only been in the NBA on Saturday night. And now he's no longer in the NBA. He goes back to Delaware. Now he's got a new contract, a different contract, which allows the Sixers to drag him back and forth between them and Delaware. But when he goes to Philly, he's not going to get in a game. He's been with the Warriors, the Lakers, the Bulls. And this is not meant to knock him. It's just the reality of moving forward. We would probably already forget Mac McClung pretty quickly. It's just the way that we go about our business these days. But then you'd be periodically reminded of him when he scored 15 points in a Sixers win. But that's not going to happen, at least regularly, or and not probably next weekend when they come back to action. He was amazing. But the NBA dunk contest needs Ja Morant. And how many times do they tell you, and I think rightfully so, complaining about it on TNT last night, that Ja won't do it? It needs Ja Morant. It needs Anthony Edwards. It needs, and even, you know, we went to a phase where the established veterans aren't going to do it. So now the young stars do it. And that was fine too. We can, we, there can be a compromise. You know, you got to be under 25 or whatever. Like, you can age out of the all-star game, uh, the dunk contest. I'm fine with that. But Josh should be dunking. Anthony Edwards should be dunking. Or at least guys who are regularly doing things in the NBA. We had fun last week on this show and on the DA show going through the four participants and I did remember Mac McClung from Georgetown, and I knew he was a dunker. But even his inclusion in the game, in the contest, shows you how far the contest has fallen. Because you should have never been in the neighborhood of going, let's email Mac McClung's agent and see if he'll dunk. 
because you were overwhelmed by already established NBA players who wanted to to throw down on the game's biggest stage over an entire weekend with the rest of the NBA there watching. And these guys don't even pretend to care. There's like, nope, not doing it. And I guess it's just the, the fear of failure, much like the fact that they had to tweak picking this draft last night and do reserves first because somebody was going to be picked last and they were worried about that. And I think oftentimes I end up defending players because we're so quick to point out how soft they are and how tough they are and they shy away from this and image matters. I've got no protection for this one, guys. If you raised your hand and told somebody that you were afraid of being in the last pick in the all-star game draft, and they're not alone. Again, hockey did this first. And you know what hockey had to do? Give the guy who's picked last a car. The second time they did it, they gave the dude a car because the first time, I think it was Phil Kessel, who actually is Mac McClung-ish because Phil's not the most um, elite-looking athlete, and he has 400 NHL goals. But he became a little bit of a meme when he was the last guy picked, the first time the NHL did this. So the next year, they gave that last guy a car. But you're being picked last in the All-Star Game draft. I think you should be able to handle that. Plus, what the NBA did last night, in the end, was pointless doing reserves first and then starters because we still know that Jaron Jackson Jr. was picked last last night because he was the last pick of the reserves, the last player left on the dais, and then he had to go to Team Giannis since Jokic declared himself for Team LeBron when it came down to that last round. But no matter how you line that up, Jaron Jackson was the last pick, and everybody knew it, And I think we're all okay with it now, right? Like, Jaron Jackson survived. I think he's going to be okay. The NBA All-Star Weekend is over. They've got basically the rest of this week off. Definitely games on Friday, maybe games on Thursday. And the game and the league goes back into the last kind of little less than a quarter of their season, 20 to 25 games left last night. It used to be such a great weekend. And I still think it's a good weekend. The problem is, how do you make it great again? And I, I don't I don't know. And then we get into the regular season, and there were real issues in the NBA, too, with load management. And that was a, a heavy topic of conversation this weekend in Salt Lake City. The commissioner weighed in on that, and it's another question that there is not an easy answer to. And Adam Silver actually agrees with a lot of things that I agree with and what people who are resting their stars agree with which maybe even hurts the other argument as well. The commissioner understands what's going on, understands fans' frustration, but basically goes, you tell me what to do because we don't know how to fix this. Those comments for you in just a second. We get rolling on this Monday edition, Writer Than You, on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back with you Monday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder. Emmanuel Barbari is in for Tom DeCelestino. Chris Lepresti's got your update in just a second. But we continue in the NBA coming off All-Star Weekend. The regular season plagued by this into the All-Star break. It will probably happen less here between now and the close of the regular season because they're basically in a sprint now. We are well past the midpoint of the NBA season. Most teams have somewhere 20 to 25 games left, so it's time to push toward the postseason. So we're probably going to get less load management, less DNP, CDs, less guys not traveling to road games, teams mailing games in. But it was a problem in the first plus half of the season, and the commissioner was asked about it over the weekend in Salt Lake City. There's nothing particularly happening this season that we haven't seen happening over the last several seasons. I understand it from a fan standpoint that if you are particularly buying tickets to a particular game and that player isn't playing, I don't have a good answer for that other than this is a deep league with incredible competition. But the, the mindset of our teams and players these days, it's, as your question suggests, it's not just a player issue, is that they should be optimizing performance for the playoffs. And the difficulty is fans of that team, of those teams, want them to do that as well. So before we go any further, I have always defended this practice, and I, I'm assuming I'll always defend it, but... The first thing that caught my attention what the commissioner said, and I'm sure he's got the numbers to support it, but it actually, to me, again, as a defender of doing this, of resting players to make sure they're good for now, the stretch run, and the postseason, it actually feels like a worse problem this year. It feels like this year there are more games that teams basically punt on. They go, you know what? It's the front end of a back-to-back or the back end of a back-to-back, or whatever it may be, and three or four or five guys are out. I mean... You know, close here to home, when they were whole and everyone was healthy, the Nets played a game in Indiana without anybody. And they still won the game, by the way, but they basically sent no good. It was almost like a spring training game. There have been a lot of games like that, and especially on TNT and ESPN, where teams have picked those games to rest guys, and those games then are over in a hurry. And there's no way that TNT and ESPN are standing for that, for the amount of money and work they put into the NBA to be given dud primetime national TV games because somebody's got to rest their three or four top stars. But in general, the practice is smart, as the commissioner said. And he went on to say, this is what you should be doing in a vacuum. You need to make sure that your guys are at their best at the end of the regular season and for the playoffs. Because we've had these conversations. When a guy struggles or looks beat up or looks worn down, and you're in April, you're in May, and they've got nothing left, 
And we've been mad at those guys for not being strong enough to finish the deal and get through the full rigors of a regular season and the postseason. And we've lauded guys who were able to do it. And you can still celebrate guys that show up for all 82 and then for every postseason game. But the overall idea is the right idea, is the smart idea. And I know that Anthony Edwards, and and he's, he's not wrong in what he said, Anthony Edwards wants to play every game, and his heart's in the right place. He said, Sarah, the T-Wolves young star, even if I'm 80%, I'm going out there. Because on the road in particular, that might be the only time some kid who loves me wants to watch me play, and I don't want to let that kid down. And that's great. But that doesn't mean the other side of the coin is wrong. It also, and I've had this conversation with just like school attendance or even here, coming to work when you're not feeling well, not using sick days. Guys like to come in and puff their chest and go, oh man, I felt like crap, but I came in today. Well, that's dumb. Stay home, take care of yourself. And you know, if your hamstring hurts, your groin hurts, you got a sore ankle, Take a game off. Make sure it's only a one-game absence, not an eight-game absence that could change your season. But like fixing the dunk contest and like fixing the All-Star game, and as the commissioner pointed out, what's the solution to this? Because at its core, it's a smart idea, and it's the right idea. So you can't just say, don't do it. So what do you do? And some things that came up over the weekend were elongating the calendar. So... Not adding games, just at increasing the window in which to play games. Therefore, there's less back-to-backs. And the NBA has already made a lot of concessions on this front. Limiting back-to-backs. I don't think anybody plays three out of four nights anymore. You used to play four out of five every once in a while. So those things are off the table. They've also done situations where you stay in a city and you play teams twice back-to-back which leave what's one less trip there then during the season. So they're trying. So the commissioner said, maybe we, we widen the calendar. He even said, and I was shocked to hear it, maybe we play fewer games, but there's no numbers that tell us yet that injuries go up deeper in the season, that you're just as likely to get hurt early as late, and injuries have everything to do with just basically bad luck more than anything else. You can tear ACL, high ankle sprain, whatever, in game one or game 82 at the same occurrence. So maybe that's off the table for now. Other people have thrown out limiting the number of players you can scratch in a game, which starts to make sense, but then that affects it. If you need to rest guys, now we're using more games to rest the same amount of players. There is a mathematical logic to Instead of messing with two games, let me just mess with one and get back to my normal rotation for that second game. The one that makes the least sense to me is tying MVP or whatever to games played, forcing people to play games to be eligible for certain things. And off the top of my head, I just think if you're not out there, you're gonna be you're gonna be disqualified from those conversations anyway. It'd be hard-pressed if you're resting and sitting out and whatever, you're playing 60, 65 games, you're probably not going to be MVP or Defensive Player of the Year anyway. The one that seems to make a little sense to me is only allowing these throwaway games at home. You can't do it on the road, which goes back to what Anthony Edwards said is, don't rob the other markets of the one time I show up. So if the T-Wolves want to have a game 
where Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards can't play, they got to rest him at home. Now, there's still maybe kids or fans, whatever, that that's the only T-Wolves game in Minnesota that they can get to. And now they don't have Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. But I think the bigger thing you want to avoid as you're you're kind of spreading the love of the game is the one time a team goes into a market, they show up with nobody. So if you say, hey, guys, you can't do this four or five guys sitting out thing on the road, maybe there's a little less kind of heartache over this. But it's definitely something that is hurting the NBA. There's no two ways about it. While you can defend the practice of preserving players and make sure they're good to go late in the season, you also can't ignore the fact that a lot of people, fans, business people, TV people, are bothered by this. So you want to address it. But the, the solution is not easy and it's not evident. And I, at the very least, appreciate the commissioner seeing what's real about this conversation and what's not. That you can't just dismiss this price out of hand and straight outlaw it, but there's got to be a way to tweak it. And hopefully they do find a way to tweak it where teams can accomplish what they want to accomplish Because you know this too. As much as you want to see your favorite player play in that gym when you go on that given night or play in every single game, you also know that you're going to be super disappointed if because he played all 82 as hard as possible, that he's got nothing left for the postseason and your team makes an early exit earlier than you want, you know you're going to be more mad about that than them, that guy missing a game in December or January. You know that. So you know that there is rea- there's a real argument here and there is real substance in this practice. But it seems like it's happening too much. And there have been way too many completely non-competitive games in the NBA regular season so far this year. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll put basketball for a side uh, aside for a second, get back to college hoops. John Rothstein in the next hour. But Eric Bieniemy makes the lateral move, unnecessary one, but he makes it from KC to Washington. So now this very deep, serious, potentially damaging NFL conversation, it's going to come to a head with the commanders this season. We'll get to that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. We wrap up our number one writer than you on this Monday morning. Andrew Bogish in for Bill. He's off all this week. Bart Winkler's got you, the, I think, the rest of the way. And, of course, Diesel will be back to work with Bart these next four days. Emmanuel Barbari is here. He's got buy or sell next hour. We'll also chat with John Rothstein next hour. We'll dip our toes into some baseball waters because, shockingly, the cheap owners are taking shots at Mets owner Steve Cohen because he actually wants to win and spends money on a winning team in New York, and they refuse to do that. So the push to make him look like the bad guy continues. That's all in hour number two. But here we are right now in the NFL, almost in basically in full offseason mode right now. And we have officially reached the end of the Eric B. Enemy conversation. Because as you know by now, on Friday, he became the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator. It's a lateral move. It's one that he should not have had to make after all of this. You know the numbers by now. 16 interviews from 15 different teams. Never been a head coach. And by any account, he has been overlooked, dismissed, ignored. And teams, most of them have been worse for doing that. If you go back to all the jobs that were open that Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for, before this year, and he didn't get really any serious consideration for the five jobs this year. Some of those teams had already met with him before, so I, I don't want to say that it makes sense that they didn't bring him back, but like the Texans had already interviewed Eric Bieniemy before, and judging by the way they've been going, they probably should have given him the job at some point in the previous times they talked to him. This time they didn't even bother doing it again, and... Maybe Houston gets it right this time, but teams really haven't. Again, before we got to this hiring cycle, because no one's actually done anything yet, in the previous cycles where Eric Bieniemy has been interviewed and didn't get jobs, we've had three of the men who were hired instead of him make the playoffs. Seven of them have been fired already. And that list includes some of the worst head coaches in recent memory. And two of the worst of all time in Urban Myrden dysfunction and Nathaniel Hackett. Two guys who didn't even last a full season in Jacksonville or Denver. Also among those seven, Joe Judge, who was a disaster with the Giants, and Adam Gase, who was a disaster with the Jets. So many men have been given this opportunity that Eric Bieniemy was not given and have failed so stupendously 
it just is further proof that this is broken. Now, how it's broken and why it's broken is the question. And all of these things are in play. None of them are not from the most serious, from the race, the racial aspect and inherent racism in the hiring pro- process. That is not the only reason for this. It might be, and it probably is the number one reason for Eric Bieniemy's fail, you know, inability and the lack of ability or opportunity to move up in the coaching world. I don't think everyone that has passed on Eric Bieniemy is racist. But I do think some of those situations, his, his skin color was the problem. I think some teams, probably ignorantly, have held it against him that he didn't call plays in Kansas City. But even if you assume that, like I do, when you look around and you see that, and you don't even look that far, that Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy got higher for head coaching jobs out of the same position in Kansas City, not calling plays under Andy Reid, the only guy that didn't get that benefit of the doubt was the one African-American guy in this conversation in Eric Bieniemy, Nick Sirianni who maybe should have been NFL Coach of the Year, got the Eagles into the Super Bowl, hired by Philly without ever calling plays before. And in fact, the story remains remarkable. He was on vacation when Philly asked him to come talk. He didn't even have the correct clothes. He wasn't even thinking about becoming a head coach. And the Eagles called him in, and he went in a Hawaiian shirt because he just didn't have a suit with him on vacation. But Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching job. There is also a checkered pass for Eric Bieniemy. There was a DUI arrest. There was also an arrest for suspicion of assault. He had a problem, I think it was in a bar fight in college. And maybe some teams thought that was too much to overlook, but those were a long time ago. And it certainly seems fair to say that a white head coach with the same resume on the field and historical off-field issues would have been forgiven and been given a head coaching job. And on top of all of those things, let us not forget that the NFL needed the Rooney Rule, a rule that basically confirms racist hiring practices within the NFL. They needed to create a system that forced you to talk to minority candidates because not enough of them were being hired for, for jobs. And the problem persisted in spite of the existence of the Rooney Rule, that they had to tweak it and make it stronger punishment and widen it for other positions to include women as well because there were still that many problems inside the NFL. So disconnecting any football reason from Eric Bieniemy's skin color is nearly impossible because any football reason or normal reason to not get a job that you put out there, I we, you can come very quickly up with five, six, seven white guys who had those things overlooked and were given a job that Eric Bieniemy still has not been given. But now here we are. In Washington, in charge of this offense, he's going to call plays. So this is the end. A year from now, if the Washington Commanders, with Sam Howell as their quarterback, and legitimate weapons in Terry McLaurin, Dotson, Robinson, the rookie running back, and some other guys. An offense that 
for the last six years has been average at best. They have not cracked the top half of the league in points or yards as an offense in the last six seasons. If Eric Bieniemy changes that, and this becomes a top 15, a top 10 offense, they score points, they compete in the NFC East, Sam Howell is a revelation to quarterback, and McLaurin and Dotson, anybody else you want to pick on that offense, there are some weapons, they have big years, their numbers go up, they look dynamic, they produce more. Eric Bieniemy has to be a head coach because he has now answered and knocked over the goalpost, that, the goalpost that keeps getting moved and is leaned on to try to negate the clear racial problems here of him not calling plays in Kansas City. If that was really what teams cared the most about, even though they overlooked it with other chief offensive coordinators and other white coordinators for other jobs in other parts of the league, if he goes to Washington, calls plays for a top 15, top 12, top 10 offense, you've got nothing left except the racism. So here we are. I wish Eric Bieniemy didn't have to do this. Oh, and I haven't mentioned, too, the other throwaway line that he doesn't interview well. Well, maybe he doesn't interview well because at first he knew he was going into these interviews, and, I, and I've never understood. I, I don't think that I'd have the physical and mental strength to do it. But I've talked to men who have, and they've used these interviews that seem to be shams, that seem to be a way for teams to just satisfy the Rooney rule and move on to whomever they want. These black coaches who know why they're going in these interviews, I would not have the ability to be at my best knowing that the other guy, they weren't really listening and they didn't really care. And for a while, you know, Mike Tomlin kind of maybe had, that's why the Steelers talked to him, but he walked into the room and he crushed the room and he got the job and he's, you know, been one of the best coaches in the last, was in 15 years now. My favorite coach in the NFL. He was the guy, the patron saint, so to speak, of go in there and crush it. But after a while, when he was the only guy that it applied to, it didn't really matter anymore. So maybe that's why Eric Bieniemy didn't interview well at first, because he knew it was a waste of his time. And then maybe he didn't interview well because he was in the middle of chief postseason runs because these rules for interviewing guys are so messed up and the calendar and if I'm on a good team and we keep playing, I can't talk to teams or I can't go back again. So they're going to hire somebody else. It screws coordinators of good teams, black or white or whatever, because of the timing of it. But even that's going to be off the table if Eric Bieniemy, a year from now, has orchestrated an offensive renaissance in Washington. Then you're going to have nothing left to hold against him before giving a head coaching job. It shouldn't have gotten to this point. But now it's at the point where we're going to know something. And we kind of already know it, let's be honest. But there'll be no more avoiding it. There'll be no more alternate theories. There'll be no more defenses of the NFL. If a successful Washington Commanders offense called by Eric Bieniemy doesn't lead Eric Bieniemy to being a head coach a year from now, then the NFL is exactly as bad as we all assume they are right now. It is, there are a couple of potholes, though, here for Biennemi, just from a football standpoint, to have the success that I think most of us want him to have so we can finally get a chance to run a team. 
There's definitely some good players there. Skill position players. I got nothing on Sam Howell as QB1. He was, they were there all year long. Ron Rivera and company, seeing it in practice. It, you know, the answer is not Carson Wentz. The answer is not Heineke. But we don't know if the answer is Howell either. And they seem pretty locked into him being their guy. They're going to get him veteran support, but they're not going to go out. They're not thinking Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that to supplant Sam Howell. He's going to be their guy unless he shows quickly that he can't be their guy. So there's that. That could certainly hurt the Eric Bieniemy charge here. Also, too, how hot's Ron Rivera's seat? Is it put up or shut up time for Ron Rivera? I mean, is Eric Bieniemy the, the commander's head coach a year from now? Or is he finishes the interim coach because Rivera's out? It is, again, but these are things that we should not have to be figuring out for Eric Bieniemy because he probably should already be somebody's head coach again. And you know what? If he fails the head coach, then so be it. But he's not going to do worse than four, five, six of the guys who have gotten jobs over him that have gone down in flames historically when he stayed in Kansas City and helped the Chiefs reach five consecutive AFC title games, multiple Super Bowls, now multiple Super Bowl titles, and he outcoached a guy that is now the Cardinals head coach in this game on Sunday. It's just, it is, I'm, I'm laughing, it's, it's so comical because it's so bad and it's so ridiculous and this should have already been addressed, settled, whatever. He should not have still been the Chiefs offensive coordinator and he still should not have to go to Washington to call plays to overcome this huge, ridiculous hurdle put in front of them by NFL owners and GMs to run one of these teams. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're halfway through a Monday edition of Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. It's February, late February. It's almost March. So college basketball is here not just on the horizon, the one and only John Rothstein kicks off our number two right after this on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.